Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to marketing strategies to regulatory pressures. When Amazon first acquired Whole Foods Market, it sent a tremor of fear throughout the entire industry that brick and mortar soon would be dead, and it triggered a flurry of investment in online shopping technology. But a year and a half and millions of dollars later, research from Walker Sands Communications shows that the vast majority of consumers still prefer to buy food in physical stores. According to Walker Sands Future of Retail 2018 survey of 1,600 U.S. consumers, 78% of respondents said they purchased groceries in a physical store in the past year, which is significantly higher than the 11% who reported buying groceries from Amazon, the 7% who ordered online and picked up in-store, and the 3% who tapped third-party delivery services such as Instacart to bring them groceries that they purchased online. Taking a step back, the report found only 6% of respondents said they prefer to buy food and groceries online, down from 11% last year. Similarly, it found that the percentage of consumers interested in buying groceries online fell from 45% last year to 39% this year. So does this mean that retails with predominantly brick-and-mortar stores should slow their adoption of e-commerce or that online players should open up storefronts on Main Street? According to Rachel Golden, who is the account director for the retail technology team at Walker Sands, the answer is yes and no. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, Golden dissects how the evolution of e-commerce is influencing shopping online and in stores. She also addresses several challenges in each channel and hints at the potential impact of emerging technology such as voice-controlled devices. More than ever before, Golden explains that consumers are increasingly connected, whether it be through mobile devices that they always carry with them, computers that they log on to near daily, or voice-activated assistants that welcome them to their homes and their cars. And yet, most people also want to unplug. Despite the the rise in online shopping and the retail-specific industry, uh, physical stores still really dominate the grocery marketplace. Uh, 78% of consumers have shopped at a physical grocery store within the past year, which is far, far higher than those that have shopped, um, you know, online. our data shows that, um, you know, the, the desire to shop online for groceries is definitely growing. 39% of consumers said that they are at least somewhat likely to make an online grocery purchase within the next year, um, which is interestingly slightly down from 45% last year, but still pretty, pretty consistent. Um, so, uh, you know, what that tells us is that Online purchase or online shopping is is growing in uh, uh, the retail space, and it will likely carry over to the grocery space as consumer comfortability um, continues uh, to grow. But brands and retailers in the grocery industry, in particular, should be shouldn't ignore the the physical physical store. 
um, we're going to start seeing experiential grocery shopping become even more popular and important in the exact same way that we've seen it become more popular and important in the retail experience. You know, it really started with brands like Amazon and Warby Parker realizing that, like I talked about before, that an e-commerce present, a sole um, e-commerce presence um, isn't going uh, going to be – you're missing out on a lot of opportunity because, like our data shows, consumers still prefer to buy in a store at the end of, at the, end of the day. That being said, brands and retailers that don't differentiate themselves on that channel um, are really missing out on a huge opportunity. Um, and so, you know, there have been lots of conversations about, you know, whether or not the brick-and-mortar experience or shopping store is dying, um, and really what we're finding is that it's not dying, it's just evolving. Um, you know, only a quarter of consumers believe that the online experience will, or, or a quarter of uh, consumers believe that the online experience will never surpass the in-store experience. Um, and, and interestingly, the in-store experience is playing a larger role with consumer, younger consumers as well. Um, our data shows that 18 to 25-year-olds are among the most likely to make per in-store purchases for certain goods, um, which is really interesting because you'd think the younger de generation that are more um, connected uh, to their devices are, are more likely uh, to want to shop online. Um, but we're seeing that the, the buying experience is only becoming more important uh, for these younger generations. So for groceries specifically, obviously um, the um, in-store experience um, or the innovators with brick and mortar are finding ways uh, to, to make in shopping in-store um, more fun and, and more engaging uh, and more interesting. We're seeing that with the Amazon Go uh, checkout list uh, store model, and actually Sam's Club just recently announced that they are uh, opening a cashier list store model um, starting in Dallas just next month. Um, and so we're seeing things, you know, that that's sort of one extreme, but I'm seeing the, the experience uh, in the grocery store evolving, you know, on a, in a smaller scale as well, even like in my own neighborhood in Lakeview in Chicago. Um, the Mariano's that opened, um, you know, just a few blocks away from my, I'm at is so catered towards millennials and this experiential idea. There's a live piano. You can. There's a bar inside of the Mariano's grocery store where you can grab a glass of wine and do your grocery shopping um, with, you know, a wine or beer in hand. Um, and it's, it, you know, they have TVs so you can go and hang out there and watch sports. Um, and so we're seeing this, you know, on a smaller scale than some of those really drastic. Um, uh, you know, really high tech stores, um, but there um, are a lot of ways that that other smaller retailers are are exploring different concepts um, that um, is really speaking to the importance of um, the grocery shopping experience and brick and mortar. Golden explains other examples of how brick and mortar stores can use technology to improve shoppers' experience is by leveraging mobile to make checking out of the store more convenient. However, she also acknowledges that may be easier said than done, given that consumer adoption of mobile payment applications is, quote, still relatively thin. 
According to Walker Sands' report, only 10% of consumers have used peer-to-peer payment applications, Venmo, and only 12% have used Apple Pay, while only 14% have used Facebook Messenger. That said, Golden says the brick-and-mortar stores can leverage mobile to offer discounts, promotions, and recommendations for personalized shopping. She adds not everything has to be high-end or cutting-edge as what Amazon offers in order to be effective. Even as retailers refine their in-store shopping experience, they also need to improve their online experience because while adoption of e-commerce for food is slow, it is happening. That's what we're finding is that, you know, right now, um, you know, in our survey this year, we saw that 39%, so nearly 40% of consumers say that they're at least somewhat likely to make an online grocery purchase in the next year. Um, and so, you know, really what I think is going to be the trigger in shifting more Uh, consumers online is that focus on convenience and providing information. Um, You know, based on our research, it really seems that convenience has been the number one driver of adoption for the broader retail industry um, when it comes to uh, adoption of of online offerings. Um, And I think the same will be true for the grocery industry. That said, Golden Warren's online grocers have some substantial hurdles that they still need to overcome including consumer concerns about quality. You know, there are unique challenges of buying fresh produce online um, that that aren't seen in the retail industry, and so grocers are really going to have to figure out how uh, to accommodate that um, before I think we're going to see um, that really widespread consumer adoption that we're seeing in the retail, uh, broader retail industry purchasing produce is still very much driven by the look and feel. You know, you want to touch your avocados to see how ripe you, they are. You want to look at the size of the apples that are, are in, inside of the grocery store um, and pick the ones that, you know, aren't bruised, those types of things. Um, and that's been really difficult for grocers to accommodate for online. Um, and so one of the things Um, that I think that we're going to be seeing more and more of is grocers that are investing in online commerce um, doubling down on product information as a way to to build trust and confidence um, in consumers that they know what they're getting at the end of the day. Um, So, you know, it... It's hard to say what that will look like at this point, um, but you know, I would rec- I would say that um, you know, in the future, we're probably be going to be seeing um, more images offered for groceries online, videos, more information about nuanced things like the age of produce um, and and things like that uh, to build more confidence in uh, consumers to purchase those types of things online, um, and you know. It, it seems like there are uh, uh, lots of different ways that this could happen. You know, blockchain is one, one type of technology that could um, provide that additional information for, for consumers down the line. Um, and so it will be interesting to see what type of technology um, comes out uh, in the next couple of years uh, to provide consumers with the information they need to feel confident in their, their online grocery purchases. Another major challenge for online shopping is convenient and fast delivery. Yeah, so our data found that, um, you know, 
more than any, you, consumers want for ex, and expect free shipping at this point. Um, you know, I think it's, it's pretty obvious that consumers will choose a $12 product with free shipping over a $10 product with $2 shipping. And so I think we'll start to see um, uh, more and more retailers bake that into their, their costs. Um, it, you know, somebody has to pay for that. It's certainly not free for the retailer, so I think they'll just change their pricing model so that, you know, uh, ultimately shipping appears to be free even though it's, it's baked into to the, the customer-facing price. And it's interesting, we're seeing this happen. There's been sort of this competition among retailers, especially around the holidays, uh, for the fastest and least expensive shipping. Um, I, it, I think Walmart originally was, was the, made an announcement that they were um, going to offer uh, two-day shipping, um, two-day free shipping during the holidays. Um, and then Target came back, bounced back, um, you know, the next day saying um, that they were going to offer the same thing. A third challenge which could represent an opportunity is the rise of voice control devices and the role that they'll play in grocery shopping going forward. Based on what our data showed, voice control devices will play a really large role in the grocery experience moving forward, not just for purchasing, but also for um, more of the experiential things like making shopping lists, recipes, and just generally improving the experience in the kitchen. Um, so what we found is that voice control device, or purchasing on voice control devices is still pretty low, but brands and retailers that are finding ways to, to engage consumers in ways outside of purchasing by offering them other more experiential things like um, the ability to make shopping lists or pull uh, different recipes and things like that are really infiltrating the customer experience or the buying experience with grocery in ways that others aren't. Um, we found that 27% of consumers that own a, a voice controlled device use it to, to make shopping lists and 33% of consumers um, have a voice controlled device in their kitchen, um, which really highlights the opportunity that grocery brands and retailers have to meet consumers um, where they're at and optimize their, their search and marketing strategies on voice devices, even though purchasing on voice devices hasn't quite um, gained uh, a ton of traction yet. Put more bluntly, Golden said the way consumers are using voice-controlled devices show that retailers and brands can no longer focus on e-commerce as solely a transactional tool, but that they also must use it to infiltrate consumers' lives in other ways that might influence purchases at other times and in other channels. In other words, stakeholders must adopt an omni-channel approach. Um, you know, if there's one thing that the, the report showed us this year, it's that brands and retailers in the grocery space that focus on one channel exclusively, whether it's e-commerce or, or, or brick and mortar, um, are really going to, to, aren't going to be able to, to keep up with those that are being more dynamic and are offering services across a variety of different channels. Golden recommends that retailers, brand, and other stakeholders zero in on who their main audience is and then leverage each channel to provide the type of experience that will optimize engagement and sales. This means using online for convenience and education 
and in store for added experience and consumer engagement. And with that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again next week. And to ensure that you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.